Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 185 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and thanks for being here. Before I introduce today's guest, I got another review left on the show. The subject of this review is Breakthrough Podcast for Good. Five stars. This review is left by Council Creative. Oh, the crew at Council Creative. Right on. Uh, This review says, The Quickie is a must-listen for all creatives looking to make their mark. In a design world full of resources, few measure up to the authenticity and substance delivered in this breakthrough podcast. Dave is leading the charge for good. Keep it coming, brother, with love from the carpet capital of the world. (laughs) That's hilarious. Council Creative, thank you so much for leaving that review. I really appreciate it. I'm so happy to have you as a listener. So happy that you were able to leave a review. Thank you for that. So today's guest is Chris Williams from Plastic Flame Press out of Durham, North Carolina. During this episode, we talk about the club that he learned about that really got him into poster design. And since then, he has designed well over 500 posters for that club. We talk about the different types of work and the class that influenced him early on in his career. We talk all about how to start a home screen print studio. So anybody aspiring to do that, this is a gem of a listen. We also talk about the print work he did for his band back in the day and an amazing band name it was. We also talk about dealing with bipolar depression as a creative and working through it and how to work through it and how Chris is able to work through it. And he tells us about the poster work that he is the most proud of, the most proud to have been involved in. So ladies and gentlemen, let's get to this one. My super talented guest, Chris Williams. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Hey, Chris, welcome to the Quickie Podcast, sir. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing terrific. Thanks so much for joining me on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Are you ready for a quickie? Uh, yeah, it's been a while. Can I say that? <laughs> <laughs> you can say whatever you want, Chris. It's your show. You take it. Um, I want to start with the hardest question first. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Oh, okay. Uh, so my name is Chris Williams. I'm originally from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, my uh, family moved up to Greensboro, North Carolina just before I was six, uh, uh, my parents worked for American Express, and they opened a call center there. So uh, we all moved up. I uh, um, got into music in my teens, decided that uh, what I wanted to do was to make gig posters when I grew yeah. up, and uh, um, then discovered a club uh, about an hour, hour and a half away from where I grew up uh, over in Carborough called Cat's Cradle. And uh, the uh, work of Casey Burns and Ron Liberty 
and decided that I wanted to make posters for Cat's Cradle. Um, that uh, so yeah, that I kind of decided uh, that was probably around what, 16, 17. And uh, I went to college to learn how to do that. I'd done flyers and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been in bands since I was about 14 or 15 years old. And uh, <laughs> went in, uh, first meeting in the art department. I went to Appalachian State. The uh, first meeting that I had, uh, they, they went around the table, asked everybody, hey, what do you want to do? Uh, you know, you're interested in art. You want to be an art major. And uh, everyone said, oh, ceramics or uh, like oils or whatever. And uh, I was the last one. And I said, oh, well, uh, I like making gig posters. And that's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they said, well, then you're an undecided art major. And I, uh, um, they, between that, the kind of attitude over that and the um, uh, that they were trying to – like up enrollment but they weren't upping the class sizes and stuff mm-hmm. so by my third semester there i was only able to get like art history so i uh went ahead and got an english major when i got out of school uh started doing uh my our uh, drummer i started being in a uh, the band that i'm in now maple stave i've been in since uh 2003 mm-hmm. and uh uh our drummer's wife uh, turned me on to a, uh, uh, there was a club over in Chapel Hill, just outside of Carborough, uh, called the nightlight that needed someone to start doing flyers. So I, uh, got in with them, started doing flyers five nights a week through gigposters.com, got back yeah. in touch with, uh, Casey Burns and with Ron Liberty, um, took a short class on screen printing to learn how to do that. And, uh, saw how Ron did all of his stuff in his house and uh, uh, someone had taken over a club or uh, I, I don't know if they had reopened it. It was uh, this guy, Glenn Booth uh, uh, was running this club, the local 506. And he asked me if I wanted to do some posters for him. Okay. So I got, got to do posters for them. And then uh, uh, one of the posters was for a uh, show presented by the cat's cradle and uh, uh, at that show, uh, Glenn introduced me to the owner of Cat's Cradle. He started asking, if, or he asked if I wanted to do posters for Cat's Cradle. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, 15 years later, I've done uh, somewhere between 500 and 1,000 posters for Cat's Cradle. That's it, eh? Um, so, uh, <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, so in the meantime, let's see, I got married, got divorced, I've I have an 11-year-old son named Seamus, and uh, um, and yeah, it's it been pretty steady course, and uh, so it, we might get into something later that sparked uh, last year. Uh, I started uh, making comics, and I've now made uh, two graphic novels and uh, a handful of zines. And with my son, uh, I've made a number of uh, mini comics. So That's awesome. Okay, yeah. so that's like the full intro. You like beat me to it. Interview <laughs> over. Let's wrap it up. Thanks. <laughs> just kidding. Chris, all right. I want to I want to dissect that just a little bit. And yeah, yeah. I think to do that. So really this starts back in like 2003-ish for you coming across this cat's cradle club and learning about 
posters and poster design. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I found out about poster design originally uh, back around when I was like fourteen or fifteen. So mm-hmm. it, that was like mid nineties. Okay. Um, and uh, like I, I remember my my mom. Uh, I, I guess I had told my parents that I was interested in it, and I might have started making some flyers on my own. Mm-hmm. And my mom tore a page out of Newsweek, I think it was, uh, and it was just this one-page thing that was all about Frank Kozik and Art Chantry. And uh, they were talking about uh, how uh, Kozik was about to release Man's Ruin, and I, uh, or maybe it had already come out. I spent, like... I I finally tracked down a copy of it like two years ago, mm-hmm. um, but but I wanted it back then. Um, and then, yeah, so about the time, 96, 97, I discovered Cat's Cradle. And then uh, once I got out of college, I, I went to college up in the mountains of North Carolina, um, so didn't get to as many shows uh, as I would have liked. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, once I moved back down to uh, um, the Raleigh-Durham-Chapel Hill area, uh, that's, uh, I, I got back in touch with, uh, Casey Burns and Ron and doing the gigposters.com and uploading flyers constantly and spending all my, I, I, I worked stage labor for a while. Mm-hmm. So that's like, you work maybe a couple days a week and it seemed like all the time that I wasn't doing that, then I was uh, on the internet going through gigposters.com, reading the threads and seeing what Richie good times would say. And then, you know, yeah. I've heard so much about those gigposters.com days. Oh, it was, it, it was pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> the time of some designers lives. Gigposters. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to go back a little bit further than that, Chris, and you've sort of oh, started yeah. around teenage years or so, but I want to hear the intro stuff and sort of hear what might've turned you on to design or illustration and creative um what was your childhood like were your you mentioned your parents were with american express but did you have an aunt or an uncle or somebody who was in that creative field around you that you could sort of see and pull from a bit yeah uh my mom uh is an artist Mm -hmm. and uh at some point I, i know that she was interested in doing uh um, children's books and she had, uh, studied, uh, I think elementary education. And, uh, so she was always, my, my parents were both really encouraging of, uh, my interest in art. And, uh, um, you know, my mom would kind of work with me. My dad is not very artistic and has, uh, uh, he said that it, like I, I asked him to draw something like Mickey Mouse or something when I was a kid and he he was like, Oh, okay. And so he did it and he handed it to me and he said that I turned around and I was like, Hey mom, mom, can you draw it? <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I just, I remember being like, well, I, I don't know. I had to have been like four or five years old and sitting at my table and, uh, um, preparing for the podcast. I, I remembered this, that I, uh, I, wanted my uh, to ask my parents to go pick up a toy for me and they they were like well what toy are you talking about and rather than tell them what toy i sat there and drew a transformer uh and and handed it to them they were like oh, we don't know what that is but but oh you did a good job <laughs> so <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, so they, they, my parents are both really encouraging. Uh, my, uh, grandparents were also really encouraging. Um, so yeah, that's everyone growing up was all, uh, very encouraging of my, my interest in, uh, art, which right. was really beneficial. So I think that that's, 
I don't know, being backed in that way and then, you know, getting to college and being faced with the art department that wasn't as receptive uh, out of the gate. It was like, oh, well, that's uh, not what I expected. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Well, it's good that you had the, you know, your family there to encourage and support you through that kind of stuff. Yeah. So Chris, I want to ask now, what has been the most influential design or maybe for you, it's an illustration, maybe it's a poster, but the most influential piece of your creative career so far, something that you saw and has just stuck with you ever since? Um, well, can it be like a multi-part thing? Is that okay? Split it up how you want. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, of course, like the, uh, when, uh, when I was a teenager mm-hmm. and seeing like, uh, uh, Casey and Ron's work, um, that, that, that was really important to me seeing like the, the Frank Kozik, like the, um, uh, famous poster of the, the kids pushing a, a kid on a swing, but it, the, the kid's head is an insect, like stuff like that, um, really stuck with me as like some sort of kind of, I don't know. It, it, it was this interesting way that I, I I knew that, or I felt comfortable that I could express myself in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so th- that was all really important to me. And then once the, when I went to college, getting away from the art, I, I was doing you know flyers and stuff for the bands that I was in. Um, but uh, I. I kind of lost track and wasn't as interested anymore. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine, uh, a professor at Appalachian uh, named Craig Fisher, he uh, he told me, well, you know, in the spring of 2002, I'm going to teach this graphic novels class. And I, uh, um, I was sort of on track to graduate early, but I figured out like, oh, wait, if I only take the bare minimum of classes, then I can stretch it out to this spring semester and I can take graphic novels. So I, I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think my parents were thrilled about that. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, but it, in that class, Craig uh, introduced me to uh, the work of Jaime Hernandez and uh, seeing Love and Rockets for the first time um, was that, that, that was really something that it, it changed a lot for me. It reminded me like, this is it, I, I was interested in this thing and expressing myself this way. And, uh, I immediately got back into doing art as much as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. So. Definitely. So multiple influences, um, yeah. from the stuff that you saw, but also the things that you were learning in yeah. that graphic novels class. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Um, Chris, who are some of the designers and brands that you look up to and closely follow now? And what is it about them that you like? Um, so there's uh, from the um, the the comics end of things, because I, like now I, I split a lot of my art between comics and posters. Yeah. Um, there's uh, like a, Darwin Cook was my absolute favorite artist um and he passed away a couple years ago um so i'm still like trying to track down bits and pieces of stuff that i that i haven't seen before of his work Mm -hmm. um hernandez is still an amazing artist um and uh i so pay attention to everything he does and uh also mitch garrods uh who did uh 
Mr. Miracle and Sheriff of Babylon. Um, I really appreciate his stuff. And, uh, and then poster wise, um, probably my two favorite artists right now are actually, uh, uh, two of my closest friends. Um, uh, Steve Oliva, uh, who does stuff under kitchen Island showprint mm-hmm. and, uh, JT Lucchese who does stuff under, um, home team, home team graphics. And, uh, it's two very different styles. Um, like Steve does a lot of stuff that's using manip- manipulating photos and, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. Uh, he was the one that showed me the, the, or kind of passed off the, uh, the way to do process printing. And, uh, um, so I, I really appreciate the, like the, the, the way that he attacks design mm-hmm. and, uh, JT stuff, polar opposite done, uh, tons of work for uh, widespread panic over the years. And just the, the attention to detail, he'll do these really elaborate designs, like floral designs and things like that. And uh, um, I, I I can't totally wrap my head around it. It's like I'll see what he's come up with, and uh, usually I just I I, I I'm like no I, I I would be too exhausted to do something like that. I, I wouldn't have the patience. I'd get maybe a third of the way through drawing that and go uh, no I'm good. Mm. Just get tired of looking at it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, Chris, I know you are into screen printing quite a bit, so yeah. I really want to hear how you answer this next one. Um, okay. But tell us about how you've utilized print and possibly packaging design in your career. Any you know, special projects that stand out to you or stories you could share around print and packaging? Um, yeah, well, uh, yeah, I mean, print is really important to me. I like, as I don't know, I figured out how to do it in a home setting uh, as soon as I possibly could. Yeah. I was going to actually um, ask you, you have like a screen print set up in your home. I do. Um, uh, my buddy JT that I mentioned gave me a, a vacuum table a couple of years ago that yeah. he had built. Um, and before that I just have, uh, I had a drafting table that I had a couple hinge clamps, uh, built into, um, Steve Oliva and I built a, uh, a drawing rack for me uh, last year. Uh, before that, I had some, you know, hinged ones that that I got from an art store and stuff. But yeah, I, um, my son and I got this house, the house that I'm in now, uh, in 2014. Mm-hmm. And one of the requirements, like before then, it, like moving apartment to apartment, it was like, well, I need at least a two bedroom apartment with a dining area and with a laundry room so I can, you know, have a a place to burn screens and a place to print. And when we got the house, I was like, well, we we need to have a bedroom that's devoted completely to just being a print room. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so yeah, print and burn and, uh, everything in there. That's cool. Oh, oh, but yeah, to answer your question, sorry. Well, I before, no, I'll get another one actually. Before oh, okay. I get back into that one, you know, about print and hearing that story, if somebody wanted to get started with screen print, just start experimenting, start learning in a home setting. Yeah, yeah. Where where do they go? What do they start with? Um, well, so the, the I, it seems like what I've heard over the years, I, I'm, I don't mean to speak 
ill of anything or any organization or mm. whatever. Um, but uh, talking to people over the years uh, about the experiences that they've had with stuff like the Speedball uh, screen printing kit, where you, I think you get like a set of four inks and like a little thing of emulsion and a screen and a little squeegee. Um, apparently those are uh, uh, pretty terrible. Oh, uh, right. I've never actually used one <laughs> myself, but uh, the um, getting the emulsion to set, uh, I've heard, is a real problem. Um, but yeah, there's uh, unfortunately now that gigposters.com is gone, like there's the, the I, I don't know of a an easy resource to to go and find like a master list for on my website for a, for a while there I had a list of like you know here's the the lamps to buy yeah. um oh e yeah someone can email me if they want <laughs> and I'll and I'll send them a whole list of uh, everything to buy but yeah it's uh you know just buying a couple screens like you can go to Dick Blick or on eBay or Victory Factory is another good one, and you can buy the screens and the squeegees and the the um, emulsion and reclaimer and all that all in one place. And so what is the what is the minimum? I mean, people can do their own googling and look up their own hardware oh, yeah. and things like that. But what are sort of the main the main components, the main items, the main pieces of hardware that somebody's going to need to be able to pull it off? Uh. To be able to pull it off, you, well, you're going to need the screen, you're going to need the squeegee. Uh, you'll need, uh, you don't necessarily need a scoop coater, but uh, so you, you'll need some emulsion. Uh, you'll need a lamp to develop with, like one of those yellow work lamps yeah. with the uh, safety glass removed. So, you know, you get the full cancer rays coming at you. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I think that that's, and how can people, how can people, how can people burn screens at home? Well, so the way that I have it set up, I just have it set up in a closet. I've got a, uh, card table, uh, in a closet that, uh, um, I, on the, um, on the clothes rack above, I have, uh, work lamps hanging from that. And, uh, yeah, so I'll just load the screen in on the table and uh, put down a transparency, put down a piece of glass over the top of that, and then uh, go from there. Later so, up. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's I, I don't know. I mean, I, I've been doing this, I've been printing now for, like, 16 years, and I've seen, like, um, I, I know Jay Ryan. I've been to his shop. I've been to, like, several people's shops, and I see the it's very professional setups and I, I feel like, Oh, well I should really change what uh, the, the way that I do things. But then I'm like, well, but then there's a learning curve and, and I know how to, how to work with what I got. So mm -hmm. it's like, um, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> you got what works. Okay. Yeah. Sorry to circle back to the question. Um, I want to hear a story about print and possibly packaging. Oh yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, the, the, the story that came to mind about print uh, was I um, it's a, it, yeah the band that, that I mentioned we uh, we started putting out EPs in I think 2004 2005 right. and uh, I thought well you know the the packaging costs so much um, what we should do instead is 
uh, I can screen print sleeves, just screen print on one uh, side of a sheet of paper, and then we'll cut it down, and then we'll glue everything ourselves. Mm -hmm. This is a great idea, and we'll save so much money this way. And uh, we did that for like the first two EPs, and it is the most labor-intensive thing to go through and cut like tabs to make sure that you can glue things correctly. And uh, I remember that we were in, we, we went on tour, and we hadn't finished putting all of our uh, second EPs together, and we were in a like a motel room <laughs> trying to eat and having drinks, and we were. Uh, like the room, I, I just remember the room smelled of that uh, spray glue because while we're sitting there doing everything else, we're, we're like one of us would be cutting and another one would be folding, another one would be gluing, while we're watching like Sports Center or something for hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then by the third one, we uh, uh, started ordering sleeves from uh, Stumptown, and I was like, oh, this is way easier. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're, we're not killing ourselves with spray glue anymore. So uh. perfect, <laughs> nice. That's a good one. So really, some print work you did early on for your band. Yeah, 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 yeah. Love it. <laughs> yeah, lo- lots of uh, I, you know. It's one of those things that, like, you know, the the reason or one of the reasons that I started doing flyers and anything was because you know no one else in the band was going to make posters or anything so it's like yeah. oh well, I, I i know how to do it i'll do it uh, so <laughs> put me yeah. in coach yeah exactly <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> um all right chris the next couple of questions take you down part of your career where you've likely made some mistakes learned some lessons and i want to pull these sweet sweet stories out of you <laughs> all right um what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far most challenging period of time why was it challenging and how did you get through it uh, well, so this is something, it's uh, it's been sort of a re- uh, recurring thing. I, um, uh, I, so I, I have uh, bipolar depression, mm-hmm. and uh, so the way that that has sort of affected me over the years in different spells um, has uh, really set me back, or it, it's affected me, like... It, at times pretty severely creatively I couldn't imagine. and uh it's uh it ends up being i don't know I, I, the the car keeps moving but it doesn't know where it's going mm-hmm. um if that makes sense um so uh so yeah i, I just kind of lost i've lost track from time to time of what i'm doing and then i look back and I'm like oh wow i really needed to uh to uh rein that in um but uh yeah, so it, like I uh, about uh, like a year and a half ago or so, um, went through uh, a uh, pretty bad breakup that activated activated my uh, depression pretty bad, mm-hmm. and it uh, started me down a really really dark path. And uh, so yeah, the way that I sort of got out of that was uh, started I found like the um, uh, cartoonist kayfabe. Uh, YouTube channel, which is uh, Jim Rugg and Ed Pisker, these uh, um, cartoonists, uh, just talking about uh, Wizard Magazine, uh, this old magazine about comics. 
And uh, um, so uh, watching that and uh, seeing like the di the different types of art that they did uh, through uh, their work, um, I uh, I started making stuff myself, started doing the the comics and the graphic novels mm -hmm. as a way to sort of process what I what I was going through, mm -hmm. and sort of through that I uh, um, so I started to kind of piece things back together and start started to feel better and started to get back on track with um, doing posters and stuff. And uh, um, one of the things that I started falling into was this, uh, um, I, a couple of years ago, um, I started doing process printing. And one of the things that, that process printing allows you to do is you can go from doing, uh, so there's, sorry, I, I, I don't mean to come off as, as if I'm speaking down to you or something, but uh, so there's spot printing and process printing, yep. and process is the, the four-color printing spot. Each yep. color is its own screen. So, uh, um, so suddenly I was able to do as many colors on a poster as I wanted, and one of the things I started to fall into was just relying strictly on, instead of uh, illustrating stuff, just doing stuff that was collaged together and part of that was because it was it was easier for me like w with everything that I was going through I didn't have to think a whole lot about it it was just like oh okay I can throw some things together and be happy enough mm -hmm. with it and move on um and uh so like going through everything uh, over the last year or so um and trying to get back on track, like I, uh, um, I like it's sort of it's gotten me back into illustrating stuff, which mm -hmm. is good. And uh, I've started, you know, doing that more in posters again. And uh, um, Cat's Cradle that I've done the posters for, they just uh, celebrated their fiftieth anniversary, yeah. so I, I got to uh, illustrate a poster for that and do an illustration for their the logo for the 50th and stuff like that so so yeah so that's you know yeah yeah so the struggle of going through you know a dark time in really for, for you know lack of a better term working your way out of it yeah geez couldn't even imagine chris Okay. Yes. Not 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 the not the most uh, fun thing in the world by any no, means. <laughs> no, but that's what we're here for. This is what we're all about on the Quickie Podcast, bringing up horrible <laughs> memories. <laughs> um, all right, I got another one here. That's a bit of a toughie. Um, yeah. I want to get a little bit more specific now. Can you take us to a specific design or project you were a part of? Um, you know, that did not go well or bring the desired result. What was that like? How did that feel? Um, so there, there were uh, I. I saw this question and two things came to mind. Sorry okay. that everything is multi, multi-part. No, I love, pers <laughs> I love perspective. Uh, so one of them was, uh, I, uh, I, I did a poster for a show at Cat's Cradle. Um, for, for the Cat's Cradle stuff, I get commissioned through the club to, uh, they'll send a, a bunch of different artists, ask if I want to do them. And, uh, I, I, I always want to do them. Um, so, uh, the, there was this one that was for um, an artist that uh, I, I don't want to say who it was, but nope. she was a she was a, 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 a she's a well-known um, musician mm -hmm. songwriter, and 
so it, she's someone that's uh, a bit older. I, my mom was a fan of her, so I asked my mom. I was like, you know, what, can you can you give me some perspective? Like, what 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 can I do to uh, to for this design? And uh, she said, well, you know, she 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 helped out like inspire a lot of people to um, you know stand up for their rights and to to um, start protests and things like that. I was like, oh, okay. And so it's I came up with sheriff. this. Yes, exactly. No, I'm just sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you had nailed it, I, I, I yeah, you'd I be shocked. Been, uh, you'd be like, yeah. "Oh my god, this guy!" <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I, my idea was to uh, have uh, her, and she's uh, do a drawing of her, and uh, that she's kind of got this whole new crop of uh, um, kids, and they're they've got their protest signs, and she's like sort of like a, a motherly figure, like putting mm-hmm. them to bed mm-hmm. for the night or something like that. And uh, I, I was talking to the uh, one of the managers of the cradle after that show, and he uh, he said, uh, yeah, so uh, her manager came up uh, with the poster and asked, uh, what the hell is this about? <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and that was, uh, that, that uh, felt a little weird. It, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I don't want anyone to ever feel that way about anything that I do. Um, so, uh, um, but then, uh, the, the other story that, uh, came to mind was, uh, I was doing some work for, a a, a, a school around here mm-hmm. and, uh, it was a poster for a, uh, um, a, a symphony performance and, I, uh, you know, I figured, you know, integrate the school colors, you know, you did, it's for the symphony. There's going to be, it's a black tie thing, you know. Um, so I was trying to be very straight laced about it. I, I like to add, like, I, I call it debris. And I just like to put lots of stuff in um, my posters. I was like, no, I'm going to keep this as streamlined as possible. And I sent them in uh, my design and they uh, they came back to me and said, no, we we want something that's more edgy, and uh, so I asked. I was talking to a, a, about it at practice one night, and uh, our drummer Evan. Uh, I said, "Well, you know, what 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 do you think is edgy? What do you think they mean?" And he uh, he goes, "I don't know. You you think like an elephant on a skateboard?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that's that's dumb." But uh, I was like, "Yeah, you know what? Fine. I, I don't care. They didn't like this other thing." So I drew a. Uh, uh, a mock-up with uh, with an elephant on a skateboard, and uh, uh, sent it in, and they were like, "Yes, this is it. Yes, this <laughs> Edgy, is what we want. This is what we want." <laughs> and I, uh, it, like, it, it was. I felt. I, I, it was just disappointment. I just, I, I, I didn't feel good about what I was doing, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, oh. Okay, if the you know if that's what you want, then that's what I'll give you. But. Nice, <laughs> perfect. Okay, Chris, I'll turn this around here for you. I want you now yeah. to tell us about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of, the one that just makes your heart sing. Um, uh, really, you know, I, I like I, I'm probably most proud of doing the the work for Cat's Cradle for so long. It's like a substantial body of work mm-hmm. um I, i've got uh I, I don't 
this might be no this is probably the 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 most i've talked about myself in a long time i don't i don't really (laughs) uh do this very often uh so um but uh i don't know if anybody does does anybody we're here here for (laughs) self-reflection um uh but yeah i like i've i've um I have a collection at the uh, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Uh, their Southern Folklife Collection uh, has like over 500 prints that I've done. Mm-hmm. And, and most of that's because of Cat's Cradle and uh, the yeah. opportunity uh, to, to do posters for them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's overall, that's, you know, aside from like being a father and having been able to be in a band for uh, you know 15 16 years and mm-hmm. um like doing the cat's cradle stuff there i mean there's always like i did stuff for uh my, my friends in the band uh stomatopod uh out of chicago uh recently I, I got to design their their album and their t-shirts and all that and i was really proud of the work that i did with them um and i'm part of a group uh, it's based in mostly in the Midwest, but really spread out like internationally, uh, called, uh, the PRF, um, that stands for jokingly the premier rock forum. Uh, it was, uh, started through the, uh, electrical audio studios, uh, message boards. And we get together, uh, several times a year to, uh, just have these barbecues where a bunch of bands play. I've done posters for them several times uh i know jay ryan's done several posters too um and uh yeah to to be able to do like that that's always been really rewarding work when someone from that group asks me to to contribute to to be a part of that in some way um even if like i have designed uh price tags uh, and, and little handbills and things like that for events. Yeah. Like to even be able to do stuff like that. There's one going on in New Zealand, uh, that I designed a logo for that. That's, that always makes me feel good. I'm always happy to be able to be a part of something like that. So mm-hmm. nice. That's incredible. That volume of posters that you put together <laughs> over there. Like that number just keeps coming back to me. It's just incredible. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, but you're proud of most of them, and that's what's exciting about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's 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 definitely like uh, some in there that it's like, oh, that's a uh, like I, I put together a book yeah. uh, last year of my posters, and uh, I I it gave me a chance to go through uh, some of my older ones, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, yeah, there, there's a number of them that it's like, oh wow, I you know. Okay, you, you, you can only pick one, Chris. Tell me which one right now is your least favorite. <laughs> oh, my least favorite. Uh, uh, you know what? I, 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 I was going to give it more thought, uh, but I did one for Fiery Furnaces, uh, I want to say in like 2004. Yeah. And, and I had something in mind. I, was, I drew this like this house that was falling apart, and I, I was trying to emulate Ron Liberty. And I was going to do like this overprint of like fire and then have the name within that. And uh, uh, when it all came to pass, uh, I discovered that uh, I am not uh, nearly as good as Ron Liberty (laughs) at doing (laughs) what Ron Liberty does. 
So I it like I looked at it and was like, oh no, that that looks totally wrong. But now I have a whole stack of them that I have to turn in. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I was fantastic. I, was pretty- I knew you had one. I knew you'd have one. Sorry to put you on the spot there, Chris. <laughs> I, I, I could, I, it, given time, I'm sure that I could. Well, if, I, I had a gallery opening a couple of weeks ago, and a friend of mine who came, she, uh, uh, she's like, oh, well, what do you think of everything that's up? And it was like a, most of it was more recent, but uh, there was some stuff that went back a ways. And uh, I, I told her, I was like, well, we can walk through and I can tell you something that's wrong with every single print that I've got up. And she's like, oh, okay, let's start at the beginning. And I was like, oh, okay, well, let's see. So you can tell that there was something in the screen here. And then I didn't quite register the blue correctly. So there's this more And then let's see on this one and walked her through about half of them. And she's like, you, you really need to stop doing this. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is not great for you. You should just yeah. stop. <laughs> I love it. All right, Chris, well, you've reached the point of the show for the Ask It Forward question. I have a question for you from my last guest, and you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. So my last guest was Michael Tumlin. He's a freelance graphic designer out of Orlando, Florida. He also just recently started a podcast called The uh, Creatively Brief. So keep your eye out for that on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and wherever you're finding your podcast these days. But he wanted to know what is the first design you ever created and what is the story behind it? Oh God, the first, uh, man, you know, all, all day I was thinking about like, what could the question be? And, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, th- this never came to mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, the first design that I ever created, um, uh, so the, okay, so, so what comes to mind was, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, like I, I've, so I, I remember the, it might've been the, the first flyer that I made. Well, it was the first flyer that I made for a, for a show that, uh, my bands were playing that actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I, I remember that like, I mean, it was, uh, so th- this is back, uh, like nine, 94 or something, 95. Um, uh, so like, I, I remember going through the, uh, the name of my band was Flim flavored Pez. Flem, uh, which, Flem flavored Pez. Yeah. All, all the, the flavored spelled, you know, pH. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, I, I, I specifically remember going through, like going through the the um, whatever word processing like program was on the computer, and picking out the font, and it was you know it, I, I'm almost a hundred percent certain it was Impact, <laughs> uh, and because oh you know it it calls attention. It's impact. It was impactful. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. But going through and you know printing out the the page with all the information on it and then taking it and uh, cutting all the pieces out and having to like move stuff around and putting like I, I, I put a picture of the monkeys on it um, but I, I, I remember like I, I, I remember that I, I had I, I had intent with what I was doing and um, and I knew that, that like I, I had a specific way that I wanted it to go. I wanted to, you know, band name, photo, 
location, time. Like mm-hmm. I, I, and and this was all this was based on like almost no prior knowledge of how gig posters are supposed to work or anything like that. But I, I started like I, I remember going through that design and what a you know it's a very basic like it it's comical to if, to think about it now, but like I had to figure out like this is the way that this information is supposed to flow and it to, to, to make sense to, to anyone that sees it. And the name has to be a certain size so that when I put it on a telephone pole, you know, someone 10 feet away can see that and be drawn to it. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, 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 I just, I remember doing that and, and it's weird now to think about that, but that's like, yeah, it's, it's, more or less the same thing that I do now <laughs> with uh, whatever, uh, 25 years later. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And, um, don't feel bad about it because I turned the question on him and I asked him what the first project he did was. And the one he mentioned was a Carly Ray Jepsen poster. <laughs> where he took a bunch of pictures of her and put the words kiss using just pictures of hers in type. So yeah, sorry, Michael secrets out there now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Chris, what is the question you would like me to ask the next guest? Um, so, Oh yeah. And I just realized too, like I, I, you, you talk to me about print. I, I worked at a all weekly for six and a half years. I didn't bring that up. Um, I work at a, with a, graphic design firm now uh the splinter group and uh yeah so it but i realized that i yeah i, I in my being nervous and not knowing how to talk about myself i, I left all <laughs> we'll have to line up out. a version two then <laughs> um uh, so yeah so the uh uh my question um uh, a couple of weeks ago i was talking to my my friend steve and this is mm-hmm. like everything else apologies two-parter um, I was talking to my buddy Steve Oliva, and he brought up, uh, you know, how how different our lives would be if, like, it, the the two of our lives would be if we didn't have music, and uh, because the two of us have played in bands for you know over half our lives, mm-hmm. and uh, um, so I, I was thinking about that, and my my question is, um, if you could remove for one day, if you could remove that that identifier whether it be like music or uh or sports or art or whatever it is uh-huh. if you can remove that from your life and live in that version of you uh would you be willing to do that um and would you consider that person to be you interesting does that make sense? Yeah, it I, does. It's deep. Okay. <laughs> it's deep, Chris. Well, sir, you've made it to the end of the Quickie Podcast. Thank you so much for your time, Chris. I'm looking forward to asking the guest your question, and you'll have to tune in to hear the answer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. All right. Thank you for listening to today's episode, everybody. I really appreciate your time. I know I stretched it. It's a bit of a longy or a quickie-ish episode today. But uh, I enjoyed this conversation with Chris. I got into it and he had some great stories to share and some unique experiences that he could speak from. So I let it roll. 
Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye.